Oh, look at this here dangerous situation. That beastie is a man-eater. He better dart that mighty bear. And, and I'd dart the pirate as well for safety. Dart me for safety. Do not approach the bear. We are going to subdue it. Hey, don't bogart me, fix! Oh, there you are, me little whore. Just get on your knees and give the pirate what he wants. So hi, welcome to Venture Bros, Venture Brothers Podcast, with me, your host, always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Nick, the Flintstones, Friedman. Yabba-dabba-doo. We also have Matt, Adam, Ant, Dykes. Wasn't he a singer in the 80s? He might have been, but he was also a cartoon in the 60s, that one I knew. Um, for a slight peek into what just didn't happen in the episode that you're listening to. Uh, I didn't list a character that wasn't a cartoon in the 60s. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So welcome to Venture Bros. This week we're talking about <laughs> maybe no-go in deep into season 6. Uh, and we're hitting uh, the, the number one thing that I have a problem with in season 6. And uh, it'll be kind of the theme of this week and possibly next week. Of Because they changed the episode structure, I find myself forgetting what happens in what episodes, even when I watch them. Um... So we're going to do the best we can. Brock took excellent notes as per usual, so those should help us along. But if we do say something, or more specifically, if I say something that doesn't happen in this episode and happens in next episode, please bear with me. I'm doing the best I can. I think the I'm struggle sure with I'm... these, I think the struggle with these, I mean, if we're, like, we're going to jump straight into it, is because the, um, the series, like season six as a whole, some, it feels very serial serialized yeah. it's very much like everything follows on it's like, it's like if you were to cut it together into one long film it wouldn't feel like episodes stitched together in 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 some respect it would feel just like one long story and i think yeah, it would yeah. work that way and i think that's why we're struggling with this cuz like cuz there's so much in each episode as well it's not just oh, yeah. that there's that it's like a more of a serial format it's also that there's so much in the episodes like um when I was watching Maybe No Go, I was thinking, oh, this is the one where it's just Pete and Billy. And then I realized, actually, no, there's also stuff with the Ventures in this one. Cause I, and I gen- Rocket Hatred. Yeah, because I thought that, you know, the Pete and Billy versus St. Cloud was just an episode on its own, that it was just about them. But then watching again, I'm like, oh, I'm going to know there's Brock and uh, the Hatred. There's, I think, is this... That the one that's the one with pirate as well, isn't it? We're going through rehab. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. just like lit there's so much in like it, they are so dense and yeah, it's in one respect it's good. But in other respect, it's kinda like, wow, there's a hell of a lot here and it's like they're trying to squeeze it in. But I, I would say they don't it, they don't ever feel like it's being squeezed in. Like it feels organic. It just it makes it a lot tougher to go episode to episode like we are now. Oh yeah, because definitely. It, it, it's just yeah, especially because we do two at a time, it's really tough when they're that now just that fluid to really cement where that breaking point is, and that I mean, could just be because I'm so used to the other way. It's been so hard for me as well to stop, like when we're watching these episodes to take notes and you know review them and like for the podcast. It's so hard for me to stop at those episodes because I want to go on to the next one because it feels like, you know, it's like it's like stopping a film halfway through. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right, so do you want to start actually talking, maybe to go a little bit? Uh, I don't remember whose turn it is to do a breakdown. Does anybody want to do this breakdown? I'm going to guess that it's my turn, because okay. I don't remember doing it last week. Fair or enough. last time. Okay, so Billy, so this is maybe no go. Uh, Billy and Pete battle their archenemy, Augustus St. Cloud, once more, but are defeated by him after several scheduling errors force the confrontation to be repeatedly delayed. As a result, they must surrender ownership of conjectural technologies to St. Cloud. Elsewhere, Dr. Venture takes stock of the resources left behind by JJ to determine how to bring Venture Industries forward and deals with a sharp drop in the company's stock price brought on by his firing of its staff. <laughs> Wide Whale attacks Venture's building with his men, only to be pranked by Brock and Sergeant Hatred, the latter of whom has taken a job as a security guard in order to remain close to the Venture family. The Monarch, angered by Widewell's contract to supersede him as Dr. Venture's archenemy, accidentally discovers a secret lair beneath his home that nobody knew was even there. Sometime after the defeat, Billy and Pete are visited by St. Cloud, who tells them that he has sold conjectural technologies for a large profit and gives them a document relating to the sale, which reveals their, which reveals their new contract to work for Venture Industries in New York. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. They also, they don't really go over, um, oh, what's her name? Redusa? Oh, Redusa, yeah. They, and like, kind of like Wide Whale's backstory is in this, and it also doesn't go over, um, as Matt brought up, like, the pirate with his rehab, like, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but that's kind of the broad strokes thanks to brock yeah mm. uh like i said brock did a great job this week um and thank you nick for reading it uh, no, no problem <laughs> so the the thing that I, I think the best way to kind of move through this episode is there's three major stories i would say of we have billy and pete we have brock and hatred and then we have the venture stuff and sometimes in those stories there's b stories inside of them so I think just kind of moving through those three would be kind of the best way to do it. Um, I'm just trying to figure out where the monarch and wide whale fit into those stories. Um, they're the E and F stories. Yeah, because the monarch is... They're all kind of part of the Brock hatred-ish storyline because wide whale goes after the ventures and that has to do with right. the monarch. So the pirate venture stuff kind of is on its own and then the... Uh, the Billy and Pete stuff is totally secluded. Um, so I think that's kind of the best way to move through it. And let's just start with Billy and Pete, because I feel like that's the easiest to attack, because it's so secluded in its own storyline. Yeah. Um, and then we'll move on from there. I, I, I haven't been very shy about my distaste for St. Cloud, and he really kind of gets ramped up here, and then a little bit in Season 7. Um, I, I don't mind him as much in new york as i did before new york but he's still just not my favorite character I, uh, i'm gonna throw this out there i do not understand this whole plot right here in just this episode with billy and pete and saint cloud i don't get it either like i don't get the ball i don't get the the whole arching thing just doesn't really seem like it's clicking like there's just a lot in it that just doesn't i still enjoy watching it but i don't understand what's happening it's weird. Yes. It's like it's a fantasy thing. It, like the whole thing of like you know this is a magic bouncy ball, but it's not. It's just a, it's literally just a prop, and yet he he believe. I think it's to do with like how Billy believes in these fantastical things. Just too much of a like too much 
of a degree. He believes it so much that he is willing to sell his entire company for a penny on the off chance that this magical, this bouncy ball is magical and will cut like without it, you know, the new romantics and all that stuff will never happen. It's, I just it's, don't ever felt. I never felt that he was that gullible. Yeah, this is yes. this is what I don't. This is what I don't get as well. The the, the problem I have with that. It, it makes for some. There's some really good moments in it, but if you actually look at that that storyline, it's just. I don't know. It's kind of there as just an as an excuse to get them to New York. Which yes. I'm fine with. Like, if if that is the main reasoning to do that, then fine. Okay, great. Because we got them in New York, and they're better in New York. But it is a weird way to get them there. Yeah. Right. If you if you really had to pitch this storyline to somebody, and you were like here's what happens in this episode. Here's how they get to New York. Wouldn't you just gloss over this? You'd be like, and they basically lose to St. Cloud and they get sold. Like, you're going to gloss over the ball for sure. Like, the ball to me is the part where this whole thing falls apart. If it were anything else, I'd be like, okay. But the ball for me is just like, why? Like, Billy's not that gullible, as we've said. I don't feel like he gives this much of a shit about something like this. Like, it just feels very weird. It feels like an in-joke that I don't get, and it doesn't seem like it's been set up. I don't know. It feels like... Now, I'm totally taking a leap here and making this up off the top of my head, so don't take this as fact, but it feels like a stand-in for Orb. Like, if they hadn't gotten rid of Orb, and this was that, like, St. Cloud got a hold of Orb, then it would make sense. In the right. book, they do mention Orb when they're, when they're referring to this bouncy ball thing. And it, oh, do they really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel very proud well, of myself. There you go. It's it, They're sort of like saying like the sort of the fantasticalness of it and the fact that Billy believes it. And, and they were sort of saying it's kind of like they wanted to do this thing with like, is it like Orb? And it, and it does have power, but we'll never really actually talk about it. But then like... It really doesn't. It's literally just a ball. But Billy's believing this world and everything like that. He's believing all this stuff to to some degree. I don't know. I was, I was even like reading about it in the book was really confusing the way they were talking about it. And it was like I just don't get this thing with the bouncy ball. I really, it's, it's so confusing. But they did refer Maybe. to the orb uh, in the book. Maybe it doesn't help that I haven't seen the music video, so I'm not sure what the hell it is they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that that should matter much. Like, I think that it's... What it feels like is... You know, like, Zoolander, where he has, like, blue steel, and the joke of the the whole thing is that everybody else is seeing something, but, like, the person that you actually empathize with when it comes to blue steel is Will Ferrell's character... Mm-hmm. where you're like am i taking crazy pills or something like i don't understand and it's like i honestly feel like that's kind of what this is but in a weird way there's nobody to empathize with pete white even pete white i'm like he doesn't seem to be outspoken enough within this particular avenue or like within this issue to be like i get it you know like nobody is sitting there going like genuinely it's just a ball because Billy does it, and then he backtracks. And then Pete is just kind of along for the ride. And I 
am I supposed to sympathize with St. Cloud? Like, it, it's a weird, I don't know. The balance feels wrong. Yeah, and it's still funny. It's still entertaining. I still like their interactions. I especially love, like, the... Uh the detachable hand that he launches and then yes does it work and yeah. it just drags behind him the rest of the episode <laughs> like there's great things in it it just i wish that the the delivery was a little better my favorite thing well, about that grappling hand yeah. as well is the um where he says do not retract anything like, oh, where would i fit the mu- the pneumatic uh gears gears things and he's like yeah <laughs> how does that always work in films when they have these big things built into a hand how does that even work and then like you know, even to the point where he starts climbing up, he's like, ow, 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 it's a touch to my nose. It's like, yeah, that would be. How, how do they even do that in films? It's just that sort of thing. Like, you buy it when you when there's in films, in films where it's like things like that. But then as soon as someone points it out, like, no, that's stupid. That would never work because you couldn't do this, this, and this, and this. You're like, yeah, that actually, that makes a lot of sense. When would, how that would that even work as a concept? And yeah. I, I like how they play with it. And that it is literally, you know, they, How's he even going to roll it back in? Does he have to take the arm off and then, like, sort of wind it back in or something? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it sounds pretty horrible, but that's why it's funny. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's uh, let's go to let's go to the ventures and pirate. I guess because that's kind of pirate. We know we've gone down this avenue before, but it's so funny here. It's good because he takes it to like a level that's just like absurd. I mean, my, he had uh, my favorite, my favorite moment in the entire episode by my, far. It's so good the bit where Brock brings him back and he's like, "Oh, you're a good little polar bear on your hind legs here. I'm just gonna take a shot of this." And it's like it's a real gun, idiot. <laughs> but well, for, that it's not loaded, thank goodness. But. Yeah. <laughs> but just him climbing into the polar bear tank of, "Oh, what a dangerous <laughs> bear! You better shoot the pirate to be safe." <laughs> I tracked the pirate yep. too, just to be safe. <laughs> And it's ah, oh, don't go, don't bug at me, fix. <laughs> and he jumps on something. He's like stabbing it into. So yes, Nick, you're right. We have been here before, <laughs> but I do find it funnier here. I do too, because I think that it goes to its logical conclusion. Like every time they kind of bring this gag back, it gets worse and worse for him. Yeah. Like it's. I think the first time he's just stuck in an elevator and then eventually kind of like moves his way down to this like prop area. And then now he's just like gone way off the rails, but it also kind of fits because JJ's not there anymore. Right. Yeah. So who's there to kind of like be his support system. He doesn't really have anybody. And do you think that there's maybe a bit of guilt as well? Do you think he's got some sort of guilt around the JJ thing? Because Maybe. Because, like, you know, like JJ said, you know, the captain goes down with a ship, and then he's like, oh, is it me? And then he's like, no, I mean, me, captain, not you, captain. But I wonder if there is some sort of lingering guilt there of, like, well, I am a captain, and maybe I should have been the one that went down with the ship. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I would have to, I'll have to see if it comes up again throughout the season. But I know, doesn't he quit at some point and goes off to be a pirate again? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but that does ring a bell. I'm, I thought I'm, he did. I could be wrong. I wrote down all the things that um, Hank and Dean give him for his rehab as well. So there's like bed chained to, a lady's shirt, beef-flavored tomato juice times two, fruit snack 10 feet of, coffee cake, just the crunchy part of it, picture of old people dancing, sympathetic kitten, TV, She's all that DVD. 
One bucket for urine, one for feces, one for vomitus, he says, which I don't understand what vomitus is, and then another bucket for the kitten as well. I believe, uh, well, no, I don't even believe, I know, 100% of that's just train spotting. Yes. Like, the, the whole storyline there is just train spotting. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, all the way to the, the guy, like, the extra pirate sitting on top of the door frame, like, banging the chains against the door. It's all just train spotting. Um, yes. Do you know what? It's been a, that long since I've seen that film. I don't remember. Apparently. That. Yeah. Because it's, like, word for word. <laughs> yeah. The only difference the baby, is the, the, the kitten. B- <laughs> yeah. The kitten's, I think, different. Baby JJ on the ceiling is dead on like it's i mean but it's that's this whole episode is this whole episode's calling attention to kind of like all the pop culture stuff that they really love mm. i mean oh, that's yeah. the whole thing with the ball i think that just the ball didn't work for us train spotting works for me oh yeah train that anybody who wants to reference that train spotting sequence it works almost every time for me i mean train spotting is one of my favorite movies ever and i still think it's the only good uh 20 year later <laughs> sequel that we've gotten so i'm 100%. very I'm very biased on train spotting. Um, so yeah, as uh, soon as that starts, I wish that they had just done the carpet bit because the carpet bit's probably my favorite part of anything with train spotting. Sure. <laughs> Brian's not on board. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's better than like the sheet bit when he throws his poop all over the girl's family, but I would have been totally yes. fine with pirate doing that to the ventures. It would have made more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do like the gag of, is that my poop in that bucket there? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so tired of it. Venture's not about it at all. He's like, why do we even bother taking care of him? I mean, he's the only guy who knows the business, so he's kind of chained to him. Oh, that's a good point. I thought he was doing it just to kind of do Dean a solid. Nope. You know? It's because nope, he's the only right. one who knows the business. Yeah, that's you're my right. favorite thing about it. He's like, where's Pirate? I need him. Wait, is this... <laughs> Is his name just Pirate? And then the Hank's like, oh, could we name him Sir Reginald Von Pirate Guy? <laughs> and Dean's like, he's not a he's not a pet. Oh man. Uh all right, have we have we hit all adventure pirate stuff that we can? Is it time to move on to Brock and Hatred? I think so. This was always I never can remember what episode it's in until I'm watching it. But I love this episode because it's one of the very few times we see Brock and Hatred get along. True. And work together Which really nice. well. They, they make yeah. a really good team. They do. And it's all it basically boils down to the fact that Brock never takes him seriously. And Brock doesn't really understand that he's done everything. He's been a villain. He's been a hero. He's been an OSI. He's done everything. He's a good resource to have. But he's also a big lumbering idiot, so they just kind of remember that part and forget all of his qualifications, which there are many. Yeah. It's true. So I, I really like them working together, and I really like the fact that they kind of have a similar sense of humor, and I like that they're both into just super spy shit, and I just like seeing them... I wish there was more of it, I guess, of them kind of palling around, because I think they work really well together. I agree. I think that it's one of those things where we've seen it happen multiple times with Brock, where they pair Brock up for, like, an episode, and you're like, I love this, and then they never go back to it. Yeah. Like, Brock and Phantom Limb. Oh. I think it's one of the best pair-ups they've ever done, and they never go back to it. But like, easily the best. Day. If they kept yeah. going back to it, though, would we get a bit sick of it? That's the question. Do well, we like it that much it's... because it's so... 
you know, going back to the, like season two of you know the ignore me guy. If the he's great in that one episode, if they'd have kept bringing him back, would we got to a point where like ah, oh, this is boring now? Same with these. Sort well, what's of interesting? Things. I I think that it's tough because like one of the staples that I'm realizing kind of of the the kind of like Venture Brothers creative team, right? Like is that there is a certain level of stubbornness to them, which I feel like I can appreciate at times and other times is frustrating, right? They will do these things where they hit upon something that works really, really well. And you could make that argument. I think that that's a fair argument of saying like, we'll never really appreciate it anymore. You know, just the one time I think is probably fine. But I think that that pairing is so good and it's so natural and it's so weird to never go back to that. I don't think that you have to necessarily make it a staple of the show, but it's strange kind of like what they've decided to hold on to and try and make work at times and then what they've decided to kind of like let go. I think it's fine and I respect their decision to do it, but I think that it's odd sometimes of like, we've never seen Brock and Phantom live together again. We never really get to see after this point, and I might be wrong, but we never get to see Brock and Sergeant Hatred work together again in this way. Not in this way, no. Yeah. And so it just kind of is like, well, this is a one-off and then that's it. And you can appreciate it, but I, I think there are times where they're right. I don't think that the Ignore Me guy works for more than one episode. But I think that Brock pairing with somebody else definitely does because we've seen them do Brock and Shoreleaf. They work really t- well together and they keep that. But yeah. you're telling me that it won't work for Brock and Sergeant Hatred again for like another random episode or anything? Like It feels like it could. And I think that their their stubbornness won't let it happen, which I think is also fine. I wonder if it's yeah, also- I mean, it's their story to tell. So I, right. I I enjoy the way that they've done it, and I enjoy the way they're doing it. But I do agree. Like I, I think that the that I think you hit the nail on the head. The stubbornness is definitely the problem. I wonder if it's also a little bit of like, well, we don't know exactly what we could do to pair them up again, apart from just rehash that, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to just keep doing the same thing. So unless we come up with a really good idea of how to pair them up again, we won't. Right. That I makes, think that's a good that's a good explanation too. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. The only thing that comes with a problem with that is that if they're not willing to do the same thing over and over, then why do we keep doing the same thing over and over with Billy, Pete, and uh, August St. Cloud? Excellent point, Brian. Thanks. Because <laughs> it's the same thing every time. Every time. I don't understand how they keep like how does August like how do they keep getting money? That's the other thing I don't get. I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know how they keep losing money and getting money and losing money again and then getting money. I'm so confused. I think it by was it. the investors. Money. It was always the investors who were giving them money, and, and now that they're gone, but they're gone. Now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Now they're gone. They've actually had to go off and work for Rusty. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sold the company for like a, uh, one cent, and they were actually then like, oh shit, what we're we gonna do now? We got no money. Oh, uh, we've been sold to Rusty. We need to go to New York now. Yeah, and that works. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we ready to move on to favorite performance? Uh, yes. There was uh, one thing I just wanted to bring up. Just like okay. very quick thing. Hank's idea. Moon Circus. Just I just love that moment where he's like, oh... Yeah, you've all sorted that out. Now let's get on to my idea. A fucking circus on the moon. I mean, that's it's a very it's Hank very idea. Hank, but I'm just like now I'm picturing it like 
giraffes and elephants with limbs like all uh, space the ball space helmets on just sort of floating oh, yeah. around i just yeah i just wanted to mention that because <laughs> it's in my notes and i thought i'm gonna mention it all right so on to favorite performance uh nick why don't you go first this week you got one um, I'd say I'd, I'd probably say Brock, just because Brock. This is kind of like my my favorite role that Brock has to play in some episodes, where he's just cleaning up everybody else's mess. It feels like, yeah. and I love his his saving of of the pirate, and I also love their him and Sergeant Hatred's plan of putting the polar bear in a giant ball pit, which is also clearly another Lost callback because they clearly love Lost. It's yeah, just yeah. I mean, clearly, and yes. maybe that's why I love them so much. Brock is so on point in this episode <laughs> as well. It's like uh, when he comes back from getting the coffee in the pirate. It's like here's your coffee, black, and your pirate unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite performance of the week has to go to Christopher McCulloch. I can never pronounce his last name correctly. Um, the guy who voices Hank, uh, as well as Pirate, who that's who he's winning this week for, uh, specifically for that polar bear sequence I mentioned earlier. Of the, I'd drink the pirate too. Exactly. That's <laughs> so fucking good. See, I'm trying to avoid repeating. So I could have gone with Brock this week, but I said Brock last week. So I'm going ah. for Christopher McCulloch again. But specifically, even though he's a very, we don't like the character that much, but for St. Cloud. Just because like oh, yeah. how he voices him and everything like that, everything that St. Cloud says he's an annoying little shit and god god damn it i hate him but some of the things in this episode you know the the little uh cat thing what's it called uh henrietta pussycat doll it's like oh yes i am meow 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 just that oh it just cracks me up just the way he says it and um when he bounces the ball around the room and then pete headbutts it into st cloud's hands and then he's like, why did you do that? I'm sorry, it's a reflex. And he just went straight, like the way he goes into um, the reflex lyrics. It's like a, a ref- the reflex is a... Oh, fuck, I forgot the lyric now. But yeah, it just <laughs> just everything about St. Cloud in this episode, as annoying as he is, is so perfectly done. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Chris is just great. He's great at everything. Yeah. I'm hoping that at some point in this episode, we will all list the same person... But playing different, different characters, roles. yeah, <laughs> that would be yeah. brilliant. That's what I'm hoping for, uh, but it has to happen organically. Damn it! Uh, so we got two out of three this week. Not bad. Uh, let's do a quick round of plugs and say goodbye. So for me, I'll take care of the ATH network. Be sure to listen to us on Mondays. Listen to Samwise on Tuesdays. Listen to Demon Days on Wednesdays. After the hype on Thursdays and Damage Boost on Fridays. Be sure to check out our website uh, on Mondays for Emily's new article, uh, Other Voices, and then I'll let Matt talk about his Fridays. Nick, do you have anything to plug? Mm, no. No? Okay. No. Matt? So last Friday, my Alien Nation article went live. Um, loved that show um, for the reason why I actually started watching it. Read the first paragraph of the article because mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's not the most of uh, conventional means of reasons for watching a TV series, I guess. Um, that's I shared it to a couple of Facebook groups and the wife of Kenny Johnson, who was the creator of the series, uh, 
put a comment on it saying that she absolutely loved my article. It was a favourite series of uh, her husband's that he made, and he's g- and she's going to make sure that he reads it. And oh, very nice. Yeah, I was like, I'm proper blown away by that. She said that I did a really good job yeah. with the article as well. So yeah, I'm very happy with that. And coming this Friday, drum roll, part one of my four-part Stargate article is going to be going live this Friday. So look out for that. The uh, people need to check that one out. It will be covering the original film. That's just the first part. The second part is considerably larger. But yeah, we'll get to that next week. Cool. All right. So with that, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, bye. 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 Yeah. Bye. 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 bye.